Lovers quarrel. It's a long sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it's your girl, Danny. You're permanently. You're, you're amazing. Really? That's what you're going to do? You're substantially. I'm going to. I am your unusually underwhelmed urchin. I feel like you used urchin before. I mean, we've been a lot of episodes. We guys, I'm just saying. There's a chance. Triple U's. If we were playing, what was that? Categories? Was that categories. categories? You got triple letter. Yes. You'd have been popping, shorty. True that. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Thank yes. you. How are you, my good sir? Listen, man. You gotta stay positive. So I'm good. Nothing mm. to complain about. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. La- yeah. What are what are those things called? My lashes. They all over the place. I know, because I just r- scratched my eyes. My fall allergies have been kicking my ass. I don't know if anyone else has been having this issue. I'm yeah. thinking so. Crazy. And you, so, I'm just thankful that you don't have those fur baby shits that the women be having. No, I'm going to need another full sec by the time I go back, because my fall allergies have been kicking my ass. And so I've been rubbing my eyes a lot more. And then, of course, that makes them all kind of like... Yeah, that left one is crazy right is now. my left eye? Yeah. Well, I'll That's try to... Right, but. Yeah, I'll try to fix it. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to like get them, but then of course now they're starting to come out. But I've had them in for a couple of weeks too, so that's also a thing. So, with that being said, welcome to another episode of Lovers Quarrel. As always, I'm your girl Danny, and that is TJ. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your second time listening, welcome back. And if this is your third or more time listening, you are family, or as TJ would like to call you, you're a lover. Um, Shout out to all lovers out there. Well, yeah, so we are going to go, I think, right ahead and jump into it. But you know what? Before we even do that, um, I'm going to try something just a tiny bit different this um, episode, which is to remind you guys, as we're starting the episode, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, tag, follow, give us feedback, and rate and review us, please. Sorry. Because if that... Let it have been me. It been you, yeah, yeah. Let yeah. it have been me, because it would have been like I would have got Typically, the screw face. Typically, I would just cut it, but I'm not cutting it. Don't cut it. They're gonna get whatever it is. So, um, make sure you like, share, follow, tag, subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know all the things about you, how you feel about the show, and you can know that you can follow us on Twitter at Lovers Quarrel Seven, on Instagram at Lovers Quarrel Show, and email us your questions, concerns, thoughts, and comments at Lovers Quarrel Show at gmail.com. And now, let's get into our elevator. Would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? Um, we can, I can go first. Are you going up and down? Uh, uh, mostly up and like a little bit like neutral. I know that an elevator can go neutral. Well, like imagine if you're on a floor and you get on and then like the doors open up again. And before like you can go up or down. So like you get in the elevator, you don't press a button, so it just stays there. Yeah. All right, well... You can go first because you're going neutral and then you're going up. Okay. So, um, I am going nowhere, but <laughs> sort of like down. I have to just make sure I'm being more present at work. Um, you know, working from home for the last what is it, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, the last eight months has you know had its benefits of course but sometimes it's really hard to like just stay focused and stay present and be in the moment because and it's not because I don't like what I do or I don't enjoy it or anything like that but it's just like 
some t- you know some weeks I'll be like rocking and rolling and other weeks and day or days I'm like in a fog of sorts so I just want to like make it a point I guess I'm saying it out loud as we're heading into the new work week that I'm gonna really make it an effort to be more present at work as far as like being more diligent about getting things done and not like taking no for an answer and following up with people because it's difficult and everybody's stressed and busy and nobody has time and in turn things I'm trying to get done don't get done and you know I battle from like being like this is the weirdest transition to a job I've ever had because of COVID but also this role is mine to make and mine's and mine to lose and I have to make it something worthwhile and valuable because I need to justify my presence there. But it's hard to do sometimes. Well, it's not yours to lose. We got to start. We got to stop bringing up those negative um, ideologies out there. Oh, I was using that because that's what you always say. No, when I say it, I'm, I'm talking about something different, though. So okay, but go ahead. So. Um, so yeah, so all I'm saying is like, I just really want to like hold myself accountable and like be more present at work, even though it's hard. And I, you know, I hope that you guys who are listening can maybe identify, you know, maybe you can identify with how I'm feeling, which is like, you have these like productive weeks, but then other days or weeks where you feel like you're just like day is night, night is day. You can't keep tell the difference. And, you know, sometimes it takes 30 minutes to send one email just because you're trying to like find the words or whatever. So that is my like neutral-ish uh, thing. And then my going up is um, by the time you will hear this, I will have witnessed and watched all 10 episodes of Lovecraft Country. And I am very excited and also a little sad that it's coming. The season is coming to an end because it's been a hell of a wild ride. But I am super excited to watch it this Early evening. the finale is fire. I'm super Hopefully excited. Hopefully it's not super trigger- triggering because Lovecraft is extremely triggering to me. And you know... I, I'm sorry that it is triggering for you, but at the same time, I'm almost kind of glad that it is because you, because we had a conversation a couple episodes ago about how you don't feel triggered by anything and this makes you feel something. And sometimes even though being triggered is not a great, it's not, it's, it's definitely traumatic if it's something that happens repetitively over and over again, but sometimes a trigger is something that can awaken something inside of you. And I think that, you know, this, maybe this art form, or maybe it is people's variations or takes on, in, on historical facts in the arts is how things kind of register with you. And I think that that's also awesome. So, um, and so I, um, with that, I yield my elevator. I was, you know, I, the elevators, they opened and closed and then I went up excited for Lovecraft um, and now, what is your um, up? Um, keep going then. Yeah, sorry. Cause yeah, so um, I'm just you know, I had a moment this weekend. Danny left me. She was with her <laughs> sister and 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 their friends, and you know, uh, so it was just me and Tatum, and I got to just really. I uh, have a, I want to say a lazy Saturday, but it wasn't. It was, it was productive, but I just got to spend time with my daughter and just kind of sit back and just look at my life and be like, oh shit, like, shit is like good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be working so much and I, my mm-hmm. mind is in so many different places. I don't really get the time to just sit back and do nothing or sit back and just spend daddy daughter time. So, you know, me and her. Played around, we played games, we did stuff. 
when she napped, I was able to clean up. And then when she woke up, we were back. Um, and it's just, you know, and then when she went to sleep, I, uh, I was reading a, a little bit and, you know, um, and I, you know, I, I just really had to sit back and I had a lot of moments of just like, oh shit, like mm-hmm. life is good. Right. You know, I know for, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, it's the pandemic or whatever. And, you know, it's easier to find the negatives, but it's like, yeah. I'm healthy. My wife is healthy. My daughter's healthy. My daughter's in school. She's learning. Um, And even though distance learning is new for her, she's doing well in it. You know, we're doing good at our jobs. Our friends and family are good. Like life is truly good. And it's just like sometimes it's, it's one of the new things I've been saying is like it's easier to be angry. It's easier to find faults in things. It's easier to be negative. Mm-hmm. It takes more energy to be positive. It takes more. And it's just like, we, we got to change the way we think. We got to change the way we say things. We got to change the way we look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I sat back and I'm just like, on, on Friday before uh, Danny came back home, I, I took a bath. Right. And mm-hmm. I, we've been in this house since March. And that was my first bath, maybe in like four months. Mm-hmm. But just to be able to sit down and relax, play some music, throw on a jacuzzi bubbles and just relax and just, you know. Some you time. Yeah. No, no, definitely. But saying that to say, like, we need to, like, as as people, we need to, like, appreciate the moments that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, life. Again. And I'm not saying that no one can't have negative moments. Like, I've had negative moments. I have negative days. But don't dwell on it. Mm-hmm. And, and and for me, it's just like, shit, life, like, yeah, I'm, I'm working and everything else and life is still going on as normal, but I can have the opposite. I could not be employed. My health could be trash. Life could not be good mm-hmm. for real. So my thing is like, let, let me count the blessings that is there. Like, yeah. So. It's about perspective and how how you look at things. No, no, definitely. And and, and, and and as I'm getting older, I'm just looking at life differently. I'm looking at the things that I once, you know, loved and everything. And I'm like, oh, I don't love that as much, you know? Um, I started reading uh, Malcolm X's book through Audible. And I'm like, it's it's got me intrigued to, like, want to read more. Awesome. Like, you know, like, maybe I'll, you know... Buy some more hard books and hardcovers and start reading them as opposed to doing audible, right? I've I've definitely transitioned where I, I want to listen to everything because mm-hmm. it's just easier to do and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, what if I just got a book and, you know, 15 minutes at night or 15 minutes, I just carve out time so I can read or whatever and then do that. But I just want to change my habits and stuff like that. But yeah, like I said, more than anything, life is, is good, um, you know. Got to see my friends today. Mm-hmm. Cut their ass in some basketball. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yeah. I want to put that out there. All so, right. So, um, you know, and, and it's just it's just those things. Like even that. Like I was able to play basketball with my friends in my backyard, and it's just like, oh shit! Like I'm a kid from Harlem. I would have never thought that this that that would be my possibility. That I would have yeah. a basketball court in my backyard. It's it's it was worth it's worth it all because like we were just hanging out and. 
we're sitting there and we're on the deck. It was like a, a nice fall like afternoon. So we were able to like throw a few burgers on the grill, you know, maybe one last little mini barbecues, just a few of us here. And, you know, we grilled our dinner and we sat out there and we talked about, you know, entertainment and politics. And, and it was just, it was some like grown up shit and I loved it. And it was like people who are just doing the best that they can in life and trying to just level up and trying to just be good people, being good people with each other. And I mean, what else can you ask for? No, definitely. But again, it's just it's, it's, like I said, I'm, I'm really looking at the at the little things of like the fact that I was able to get with my friends and the fact that we were able to work out with each other by playing basketball. I mean, again, we've all been socially distanced. We've all been doing the, the proper things. But the fact that I'm able to do those things. Mm hmm. Like I was able to bring some normalcy in my life that we don't hasn't often get nowadays. Nowadays, for the last eight months. All right. Well, I'm glad that that is your elevator, and now we're gonna go ahead and step off the elevator into onto the floor for our relationship tip of the week. So, I'm gonna go first, um, and I do think this one kind of touches on what um, we're going to discuss a little later in the episode. But um, my tip for the week is. To discuss the hypotheticals, right? Because while you can't live in a world of hypotheticals, the what ifs, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, it is important that in your relationships, whenever you're trying to build with someone or whenever you're trying to think about the future, you're thinking ahead and I'm thinking about expectations and wants. And I guess it kind of just maybe this part, it's really kind of falls under the umbrella of communication. But you got to discuss sometimes the things that have not happened or have not happened yet. And maybe will never happen because if there's a, if they live in the realm of possibility that they could exist, you and your partner, you and whomever, your, your family member, your friend do need to have those conversations from time to time to just make sure that like, hey, if this happens, what would your response be? Or if I'd say this or do this, what, how would that make you feel? Um, and it could be because, and it needs to happen because what the, discussing the hypotheticals sometimes does is it gives you an, an insight into the way that that person thinks and how they really feel. Because sometimes we don't know where a person stands in a situation because the situation never comes up in our actual reality. So when you talk to people about kind of the, the, what's, what's possible, but hasn't, has yet to happen or may never occur, you get a greater insight. And that's, why I think it's important to discuss them because it just gives you an opportunity to hear about hear where a person's head is at and their line of thinking on certain things. I actually like that uh, um, that uh, tip. Thank you. I, I I do think that you should speak about the hypotheticals and and I think about like you know again with like raising Tatum and getting married, all that stuff, right? We talked about it, but we didn't really talk about the hypotheticals. No, we didn't get deep. We talked enough. about the, the, the surface, surface stuff, right? So if you could tell people, like, think about the hypotheticals. Think about, you know, you're engaged with somebody and someone cheats, let's just say. I'm just throwing, again, I'm just throwing hypotheticals out there. Mm -hmm. What would your reaction be? What's the, you know, like, really think about stuff that can happen, stuff that would probably never happen, but it could still happen. Like, you got to think about every single thing when you're in a relationship because things may come up that you never thought about and and now you don't know how to prepare for it, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. No, it does. And that is definitely advice I will give to any and everyone because 
you know, chances are, even if you don't have that exact sequence of events happen, that scenario doesn't play out exactly, you're going to encounter something similar to it. And so better to know where you stand than, or like what someone said, and you kind of know how to approach it. It just can be helpful in the long run. But that is my relationship tip of the week. And what is yours, my good sir? Um, My tip is never say never. Okay. Um, And that's specifically like my wife, you know, if I cheat or beat, right? That's the... My deal breaker. That's your deal breaker, right? But, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm using that as a reference. I'm also using just, I'm pretty sure the stuff that I said when I was a kid, I would never do this or I would never do these things. And I want to doing those things, right? So I think that sometimes you got to change your mindset and, and the idea of never saying never. Because sometimes that never may come and you may change your thoughts, right? You may be like, I'm never getting married. And then mm-hmm. you get married four times or two times or whatever the case may be, you know, I think it's easier to say never, like, I'm never going to do this, but maybe, maybe just changing the verbiage. Like mm-hmm. at this time, I would never do this, but in the future that may change because again, who, who you are at 16 is different than who you are at 17 and who you are at 17 is different than who you are at 30. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, my tip is for, for relationships, friendships, all types of ships, as, as my wife would love, loves to say, Never say never. Okay. Be open-minded and you can have your deal breakers, but still be mindful that your deal breaker, which is a deal breaker today, may change tomorrow. Okay. Fair enough. All right. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and transition over to our Black History fact for this week. And do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, I can go. All right, go ahead, babe. So, my tip is going to be that the first blacks elected to the House of Representatives were actually black Republicans. Mm-hmm. Speaking to my wife uh, and, and and my parents, that back in the day the Republicans were were the Democrats, and the Democrats were the Republicans. Sort of, yeah. Back in that time, like. Yeah. But anyway, the black Republicans won three of the four congressional seats in South Carolina. Joseph H. Rainey, Robert C. DeLarge, and Robert B. Elliott. Uh, Rainey was elected to an unexpired term in the 41st Congress and was the first black seated in the House. Um, so I learned something because I didn't know that there were such things black Republicans. I mean, mm-hmm. besides what we see now, like yeah. you know, Herman Cain. And- yeah, they were they were they were black politicians, you know, during the Reconstruction era post uh, slavery. But you know, on brand for white people, they made that not a reality once they felt like they were getting too much power. Um, and I'm very much paraphrasing that. Um, but that's, you know, as my understanding was, was like the general gist of it. But that it was interesting to know. I didn't know that exact um, tidbit. So I did learn something today. No, definitely. Yeah. So I, like I said, I didn't know there were that. But I also didn't know that we had black representation in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. We so did. It's like we've been around. So how do you have that, right? But then you go into slavery. And well, I mean, I guess slavery was still happening at that time. But. Slavery at least had been officially abolished, but it was, and then they, it went into reconstruction, which was that. Got you. Like, yeah. But I mean, clearly still racism, uh, you know, systemic racism, overt racism, everything was still a factor. Yeah, so. All right. Well, my fact, um, a little bit more present, re- present day, and- 
Um, it's actually, I, I realized it was um, for October 18th, which is the day we're recording this. And author Terry McMillan was born on October 18th, 1951. Um, and most of you may know um, author Terry McMillan because of her some of her famous um, novels that she wrote, um, like Waiting to Exhale or How Stella Got Her Groove Back. So she is an October baby, and we owe some of our best black uh, literature and films to her mind. So happy birthday to Miss McMillan, and bless you again. Excuse me. And so that being said, we are going to jump into TJ's word of the week. Um, he did. St- I don't want to call it a stump, but he did... Stump that ass. He did... You can, you can say it. He did catch me. I slipped up a little bit last week. I was off by one letter. Um, no one cares about that. And so... A loss is a loss. Now we Could are Could have been going, a half a letter. We are now... What's a half a letter? I don't know, but I'm just saying. Anyway, we're going to... I'm going to redeem myself and try to pick my streak back up. So my word of the week is going to be hello. What? Yes. My word of the... I want to give you something easy. Don't play me like that. I wasn't trying to play you. I was just trying to, you know, I, I want you to get back on a streak so that way it's like. Don't insult me. My fault. All right. So the, my word of the week this week is bivouac. Bivouac. Yeah. And, you know, let me get the pronunciation so you can make sure you hear it. Let's do that. Bivouac. If you ever draped a blanket over bushes or lawn chairs in the backyard and pretended to bunk down under it when, when, you, when you were a kid, you made a bivouac. A temporary makeshift camp with little or no cover. Tatum makes bivouacs all the time. Mm-hmm. Bivouac. Bivouac. You want me to yes. spell it for you? No, oh, okay. I want you to play it one more time. Got you. Sorry. Bivouac. 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 She's so I'm not look, confident, y'all. I'm not confident about She's that. Shaky. I'm not confident about looking that. like playoff P. I'm looking at. I'm not confident about the end of the word. <sighs> bivouac. Bivouac. All right. B i v a w a c k. That's probably wrong. wrong. Shit. Yeah, I don't know that word. B I V O U A C. Bivouac. I had to spell it phonetically. I was very unsure of that word. So kudos. Comes from the 18th century German word be watch. Be walked. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not going to try. So let's see if we can get the gentleman to pronounce this word if he can find it. But, that, you know, shout out to you. When I try to search it, it, it comes up as like, that's the word that it comes from, but they ain't going to pronounce it. So. That's fine. Well, you know. Stump that ass again. Well, you know. I See, think you should have went with hello. You'd have been fine. I, I, anyway, I think too, it's just like, I'm so, I'm very, you know, in English, we're often more familiar with most, a lot of our words come from like Latin and Greek origins and German origins don't follow the same rules. So that's why it's really hard to like. You just spoke Spanish to me, so. Okay, well, now what we're going to do is take a break and hear from our sponsor, and then we will be back with our quarrel for the show. Hey, friend, it's time for you to ditch those workout gloves and get the grip and wrist support you deserve. What do you suggest? 
you need to get the Gaines Load and Lock Grips by Gaines Sports Gear. They are more durable than gloves, have a non-slip grip pad that provides grip support and added wrist support, unlike your traditional workout gloves, and will protect your hands from calluses. Do they come in different colors? Not only do they come in different colors, but they are available for men and women. Do yourself a favor. Go to gainsportsgear.com. And remember, a better grip equals a better lift. Embrace the process. And you too can embrace the process by going to Gaines, that's G-A-I-N-Z, sportsgear.com, and entering the code LOVERS10 for 10% off your first purchase. And now, back to the show. All right, and we are back. And it is now time for TJ and I to discuss something um, to give you something to listen to and have us something to quarrel over. Um, So, you know... Contrary to popular belief, TJ and I are not the only relationship podcast in the podcast sphere. Um, we're not? We're, I, I hate to break it to you, babe. Um, and there is a very well-known podcast, or couple, I should say, by the name of the Ellis's, Kadeen and Duvall. Um, and they have a show, a podcast called Deadass. Um, and recently, their, um, a segment from their show got went viral um where Duvall and Kadeen were having a discussion around monogamy and marriage and um TJ and I both found it interesting and we started a conversation a few days ago about it and then decided to kind of like hold on to that essence of that conversation that he and I were having and save it for you all so I'm gonna play like maybe the first two-ish minutes of um, Duvall talking, and then TJ and I are going to stop and discuss, and then we'll um, resume, and then we'll go from there. So, with that said, I'm going to um, make sure my volume is up, and I'm going to hit play. Based on our marriage laws and uh-huh. the, the contract we signed with each other, right, to have sex with anybody else, right. So these urges that come, mm-hmm. I have to share them with the one person I decide to spend the rest of my life with. Right. So that that brings me back to my 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 soundbite. Okay. Right. I don't understand, and this is what we can discuss mm-hmm. as a woman, because I don't I don't want to say it's a man versus woman thing, but a lot of women do complain. Oh, my husband's always on me. Why is he always on me? Mm-hmm. If sex is gonna be a chore for you that you don't really want to do, why do women constantly? push monogamy on men if you know that you don't want to have to deal with him all the time just wanting you Mm -hmm. why do you push monogamy on that well who's to say i pushed anything on anybody like well we know that you pushed monogamy on me i pushed monogamy i forced you to get married to me time out i didn't say you forced me to get married but did you not say to me that you wanted to be engaged and you wanted to be married before you live with me I want, I want a billion dollars. That don't mean I'm going to get it. I but, can want but something, but not... You, you, right now, you're dodging the question. Nobody pressed you to, to do it. Yes, is that something I wanted? Yes, it was. But... You didn't press me to... Are you going to lie now so to the people because we're talking about sex? Deval, you're going to lie now to the people? Deval. Knowing Kadeen, you strong, didn't want monogamy? Of course I did. So then why are you avoiding the question? That's not avoiding the question. I'm saying, does that mean because I want it and I requested that, that you were going to deliver it? Like, nobody pressed you for that. Talking about you just said you wanted it and requested it. Do you not hear yourself? I can make a request. Is the request going to be granted? Am I That's not? Up am, to I, you, bro. am I not granting you monogamy? All right. So that was like two minutes into two and a half minutes into this like six minute clip. So we'll come back to the other four minutes um, in a little bit. But 
you know, Duvall and Kadeen have been married for, I think, uh, 10 years and they have three children together and they're in a, seems like, you know, for all intents and purposes, a committed and loving relationship. And I think it was important that we talked about this because by all, you know, as far as like the boxes that people would want to check off on their life list, you know, they meet those expectations, but then you're, they're still having a conversation about monogamy and pressure and all that stuff. And so I guess... I'll, I'll defer to TJ. So what, based on that first instance, that first clip of the clip, what did you take from it? And what, if anything, do you agree with? I agree with everything he said. Yep. I wish I could see her face. See, mm-hmm. I may have heard of that real quick. That means that she's, she's triggered right now. It's starting. Proceed. So I do agree that you know, based off of the based off of the marriage laws and how people feel, you're supposed to be monogamous. But I do think it's unfair to say you can't step out or do anything else with anybody else. But I have the right to say you can't get none, and and that's have to, and that has to be acceptable. So I do agree that like if it's going to be a chore for you, that's something that you really want. Then how how can you want this marriage, and then? deprive somebody of their needs and their wants so while i will say that first of all i don't think that monogamy is a a push that just women put make and i don't think that it's fair to say like you know i think we have to kind of examine like why is it that this sex with my partner is feeling like a chore as opposed to something that i want to do i think we have to examine like why are is my sex drive not as high as that like and um i forget who i was talking to recently about this but they were just saying that they're, they're you know i'm not to be you know like my so-and-so's cousin so-and-so but they're they were saying that their aunt was a, a clinical psychologist and she always said that when men get into a relationship their um sex drive goes up and when women get into a relationship their sex drive goes down but a lot of that sometimes has to do with like the is like an uneven or unequal distribution of labor in like the relationship especially as you go further as you as you add children into the fact that you have household you add bills you have career and so that also might that also might be part of why that is and i don't like the fact that he's saying that like she pressured him into marriage because she said she set an expectation for monogamy or commitment and I, I don't think it played yet and I'll play it in a, in a moment but you know me and I, I do admit that one there's another thing she says a little bit later in the clip that I do feel like is a little bit more like pressure but saying that I want to be married or I want to be in a committed monogamous relationship is pressuring you that only means it's pressuring you if that's maybe something the same, you didn't you don't want the same thing for yourself not necessarily and because because you don't have and like she said I can make a request I can say this is what I want and you don't have to honor it at all you're your own person yeah but if I said you said you want to get married now and I'm like uh, I'll wait I want to wait you can say well the, the clock is ticking so now you're putting me now, inside of an old uh, an, an now ultimatum. that's an that's an ultimatum that is pressure but saying. I expect to be. Where is this relationship going? Or I ex- I expect to be in a committed relationship. So so, so let's role play real quick. Uh-huh. You, you tell me that, and I say, all right, we can we can get married, but I want to get married in like five, ten more years. Like I need more time because I want to establish myself. I want to find myself. I want to make sure that I have everything right for marriage. So for me, 
if <clears throat> if five to ten years is too long of a timeline for me, that's when I leave. That's when I exit. So then that's the exactly. So you're pressuring me. That it's not. I, I, it's not. That is pressure. It's not pre- pressuring. Is saying either. Okay, if I like, it's about. It is about a word choice, but it's like if I say, "Marry me" or "We're through," then that's an ultimatum. So that's again. pressure. If I say. These are my. This is where I want to see. I see my life going. This is what I want. So how do you feel? Go role where play. are you? Where are you? So let's role play that. Okay, TJ. You know we've been together for eight years. You don't know how long we've been together. Well, I'm thinking about how long we were together when we got engaged. Whatever. Okay. Um. So we've been together for you know uh, six, seven years, and I want us to, you know, I'm really looking to see where this is going, and I know that I want to get married, and I do too, and I know that I want to start a family. I do too, and I'm just letting you know that, you know, I'm looking for a, a, a greater level of commitment besides us being. What commitment do you need from me? Um, I'm looking. You know, I want to be married by the time before I'm 30. How old or, are we? Right so now. let's say yeah, okay. You, I want, you gotta put the preference. Okay, in there. Uh, I want to be married by the time I'm 27. And how old are we? We're 25. So I have two years. So what if I say 27? That's, that's kind of early for me. I want to be married before 30. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have the choice to take it or leave it. Okay, but and I can say. But see, that's that's where the pressure comes. That's not a pressure. That's a it, choice. Like. No, Pressure is You're making the choice, but the pressure comes that now my goal is before thirty, your goal is twenty seven. So now it we come at we come at a crossroad. Is so that either a compromise or Okay, we, so then But that's my point. That's 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 called resolution. That's called conflict okay, resolution. So then, or that's called that's called having a, like that's being adult. You and want twenty seven, I want thirty. So if I said twenty nine. If I said You'll we'll be married by the time you're twenty nine. So if I so I have the choice to agree with that. Okay, and let's say or okay. or, or not if agree with it. Do not agree with that. Yeah. And you say nope. Twenty seven is where I want to be. And now you're putting the ball back in my court. You're giving me an ultimatum. You're forcing me to make a decision. I'm I'm telling you what my expectations are, and either you're if- forcing me to make a decision based off of your timeline. So again, you just said twenty seven. I said before thirty, and you said you have the choice. I do have a choice, but I don't think I'm not saying I'm not saying that you don't have a choice. But I just don't think I don't I don't consider that to be pressure. Now I'm not saying that you have to That's not work. pressure. No, because if I, we're and, and let me say this, and we're I, 25. You're saying that you want to be married by 27. I said I want to be married before 30, and we're not able to come to a compromise. I can come up and say, babe. By the time not, you're 29, you, we will be married. But I, you know what? And me being who I am, I probably would be like, okay, we can compromise on that or whatever. But at the same time, it's a, that's why you have to discuss the hypotheticals. That's no, why you have to have the conversations. Because, 100%. Because my thing is this, is that, and I, I want to say this, I don't, rec- and we can listen to it more, but I'll play the next piece in this moment. Um, I don't recall if she gave like a, a hard deadline or a hard timeline of like, I want to be married by this age or whatever, but she, I think she was more so saying like, I want, I'm looking for in the in the near future or I'm looking in the down our road that we have a greater level of commitment, meaning like marriage and, and continued monogamy. And that is, to me, like it's about it's about how you, it's it's about how you perceive that. I took it as she's setting her expectations for what she wants in life. But my expectations, so if your different than my expectations. One of us. So if I say this, you say that. 
we have to come to a compromise. But what what if you're not willing to compromise the way that I want to compromise? Now what? Now, now you as you said earlier, you have a decision that you can make. Absolutely. So if you say, listen, it's 27 or nothing. Now you're forcing me that I have to choose 27 or not be with you. That that is an ultimatum. You're forcing me into something. Okay. That might you know and I'll give you that. That Thank might you. be that might be more like pressure. On tape. But that's not what she said. Okay. If I say I expect monogamy and I expect commitment, I ex- and I expect marriage somewhere down the line. So okay, you say and that. I, and if I'm not giving you as a hard date or age, and I say cool, I'll give you that. But that also means that you got to be in the mood. We got to be able to have sex so that way I don't feel like I need a reason to want something other. So that's you do need to communicate your sexual desires your your inclinations or whatever but then also there needs to be an expectation that sometimes you can't like hit the nail on the head with that every single time because life circumstances are going to allow cause your sex the sexual activity the drive to increase in some areas and then sometimes to decrease when certain life events happen or things happen so what happens when your sex drive is decreased mine is at is at a high when do you compromise what compromise do you make you're not in the mood that's when that's when you know sex sometimes feeling like a chore comes into play which is like i don't want to but i'm gonna do it because he wants to or vice versa because this could also happen the other way around he don't want to but i'm gonna have sex with my wife or my girl even because she's horny and and i'm gonna have her that that's when you like you you do it not necessarily because you're necessarily in the mood but because you want to now i don't i don't encourage anyone doing that all the time but i feel like everybody's been in that position at least once in their life where they're like, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it because the other person wants it right now. It's just trash, but go ahead. I mean, I'm not saying that it's the best, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's, it becomes, again, it becomes a conversation. And what I, you know, and what I feel like is getting at this point with this, with this conversation is if you feel so restricted by the lack of intimacy that you're receiving, and not necessarily wanting to have the conversation around what's causing the lack of intimacy. Um, that's also another problem, too. Because what if we have the conversation and you don't change? Well, has the circumstances changed? I mean, anything, these, are, these are why it's all the hypothetical. Oh, 100%. No, so no. if the well, circumstances have changed, and that's why. If the circumstances have changed and to, to, to my benefit to free me up to, to, to do that, then we have to have another conversation about where so do we go from if, here. What if you, 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 you give me, these are the things that I need. Cool, and I give you those things, and you still aren't providing. Now what? I did everything you asked me to do, and you're still saying I'm tired. Well, then I think then it's about a, it's about a conversation about why is this person still tired? Why is this person still not all intimate? All passes for all. It's no. All right, I'm gonna hit play Next again, part. so we're gonna yeah. Go ahead. You are granting it to. So me. this is my question. This is my that was her, their phone. Now ours. This is my question. If you wanted monogamy, okay. Why would you want monogamy if monogamy if, if sex is a chore for you? That's the question. You're avoiding the question. I'm not avoiding the question, but at first you said men, women or or in general me specifically are pushing monogamy on somebody. Okay, yes, that's something that I wanted, but I didn't press you for it and be like, "Devalue my whole gun to your head to propose to so me." Time out. Do also, women- also, let me finish. Also, I don't feel like I was adequately prepared 
for marriage. And I've said that before because if I knew that marriage and monogamy was going to involve me trying to meet you where you were at sexually for years to come, then I probably would have reevaluated if I wanted to be monogamous anyway. So that's fair, but we're not even, even talking about marriage. Let's even talk about dating, right? Okay. Two people are dating. Typically in society, who asks for exclusivity first, a woman or a man? I would say a woman. Thank you. That was my whole point. See, you were going all over the place. If women typically ask for exclusivity first, then when they get exclusivity, say, he always on me, he always want to have sex. Why are we asking men for exclusivity if we do not want to participate in sex at the same level as men? We have to think about what I, that does to a man. I that. And I don't think that that's being, that, that conversation is being had. Okay, I agree. And that part I agree with. Yes, that women are typically the ones that will ask for the exclusivity. I get that, yes. But what I'm saying is, me as a woman, I don't think that I was necessarily prepared or in the mindset to know that. It's almost like once you get into it, then you're like, oh shoot, like this is what I'm going to have to keep up with. I get that. Us speaking as 36-year-old people know that now. Had I known that at 26, I, get that. I would have to contend with that. Even that. in the dating realm, then it might have been something I would have reevaluated. So now let's go back to what you asked me. You said to me you never pressured me to get married. In 2007, we were living together, right? You said you no longer wanted to live up with me and shack up with me because mm -hmm. you wanted to be my wife, not my girlfriend. Right, because I wanted to know where that the relationship was like going. That don't sound like pressure to you? It sounds like me voicing where I see my life going. It, it sounds like me saying this is what I would like. You can decide to meet me there. If not... We can reevaluate what exactly we're doing. Okay. Would I call it pressure per se? Not necessarily pressure. It's definitely pressure. <laughs> you can pause it. I am sorry. You're good. Because it's definitely pressure. So you're what telling I you're telling me. Oh that yeah, he wrote. He wrote. He took notes. This nigga took notes. You want to be like me so badly. I'm just saying. I ain't you want to have. You want to have the commentary anyway. I ain't see you pick up a pen in how many episodes? But okay, go ahead. No, well. I, I have to be able to respond to it, you know? This is the reason why I'd be, like, cutting you off for me be arguing. Because if I don't write it down or if I don't say it, I'm going to forget it. Mm -hmm. So, no longer wanted to be shacked up. And she pretty much told him this. And my thing is, what if he was saying, like, I'm not ready right now? Now, he may lose the woman that he loves because he's not ready at the moment. Okay. So, so now... He's pressured into a situation. And now that can cause resentment because instead of her saying, you know what? I understand your point and let's kind of, we could talk about it later. We can continue building to something because so, I feel like a lot of times what happens is uh, it, it, it's given like, this is the situation. A woman says, I don't want to shack up no more. What are we doing? And now you're forcing somebody on the spot to make a decision. It's not like, it's not like, Hey babe, let's have some conversations. Listen, I, go ahead. I, I, now, because you because you want to cut me off, so go I'm, ahead. I'm, I apologize, nope. but I don't. I think that all, like they're they're summarizing what was probably a series of conversations. But when it's like about how, like, where we're going, so we don't know. So we don't know if she wasn't like she just walked into the room one day and just said, "I, I didn't this say is that a, she But did. you said, but you like instead of saying, "Babe, let's have a conversation," she might have said, "Babe, let's have a conversation." This is where I feel like I I'm, I want to see things going. The thing about it is this: is that pressure is something that. More, more often than not, in my experience, it's something that is self-imposed, right? You put pressure on yourself because 
let me finish. No. You put pressure on yourself because a person that you says that you care about in this case, someone that you whom you love, said something to you about taking steps to make your relationship more solidified, more of a commitment, more monogamy, whatever. And you either haven't been giving it a lot of thought, or you aren't on the same timeline as that person may be thinking about. And now you're you're in a you're in a position where you have to either kind of like shit or get off the pot, right? Because if that person is saying like, if, you know, I, I know, I'm not saying I want to have any hard and fast deadline, but I do see myself, you know, married and, and having children and I don't want to be, you know, dating for a lot longer, especially because of how I feel about you and this and the other. Now, I can understand how that can feel like, I feel like that feels like pressure to somebody who wasn't giving that fucking thought. To, to begin with, like if I'm in a committed relationship, like you and I were in a committed relationship since we were teenagers we were. and you and I never really I had, was the aggressor. We never had an explicit conversation about on relationships. On, on, on relationships. I was the one who wanted to marry you. Exactly. I was the one who was like and ready so, for the next so, step and because, because I wanted to show you my commitment. And, 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 and because and, and, and I was just ready. And because, okay, and you were ready. And because you and I never had a conversation about when do you want to get married, when do this and the other. You and I, we didn't have the conversation. That's yeah. I said we did. And so you, but because even though in this particular, our particular circumstance, we weren't, we didn't have an explicit conversation about it, but because we were kind of on the same page that we were going to end up together to marry each other, when you proposed, when you, I didn't, I didn't recoil. I didn't say, oh, I'm not ready. More than anything, it was, then it was like, when do we get married versus like, are we going to get married? That was our like discrepancy when it came to that conversation. But hypothetically. But it didn't feel like pressure to me when you, when you, when you wanted to marry me That's because we were on the same page. When you're not on the same you page. said, no, nah, that anyway uppercut that ass. so just when we're when but, we're but that that's my thing it's like it's not pressure if i'm saying stating my expectation you might feel pressure but that's on you i'm not trying to pressure you i'm just telling you where i stand i know you take that's how you take it no yeah but I, I so mean, it's self-imposed not necessarily again we don't know the nuances of, of everything that was stated all we know is that she said in 2007 she wasn't whatever she wasn't trying to shack up no more okay so okay we were Living with each other. Okay. Imagine if you would have said, TJ, I'm not, I don't want to shack up no more. We need to go into the next steps. How does that look? Like, you know, like we, we have to be realistic about that. And sometimes when we have those tough conversations, a lot of times they're not like a series of conversations. It's kind of like abrupt, right then and there. This is a situation. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times couples aren't going to be like, let's take a step back. Let's come back. Let's think about it. Let's write down our thoughts. Let's have a series of conversations. So, and and again, I'm 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 just going off of what I believe. I'm pretty sure that when she came to him and said 2007, automatically he was like, "Oh shit!" Like I may be, able to, I may lose her, and I don't want to lose her at this point. Okay. So now I have to do something that I may have not been ready to do right right now, but I have to go into hyperdrive because I don't want to lose this person. So again, the ultimatum is that I have to make this decision, even though. I'm not ready to make this decision right now. Because if I told you, you know what? I understand that. But right now, marriage isn't what I'm looking at right now. Okay. But you know what? He reserved the right to say that. And she reserved the right to make a decision based off of what he responded. If he opted not to respond, that's because he decided to take that and interpret it as pressure. And then made a decision based off of that. But I also feel like you have... Like, it's not... It's not fair to say that someone... I don't think it's fair for to, to say that she was pressuring him because she stated her own expectations. And it's 
it's kind of like, you know, yeah, that might be the love of your life or whatever. So if you if she's stating her expectations that this is the woman you want to spend your life with, you want to have kids with, then you're going you're going to do what you, do what you feel is necessary. If you if even if you love this person and you still don't feel strongly enough about feeling like if you feel like you're being pressured, if you feel like this is forced, if you feel like it's not going with the natural flow of a relationship, you also reserve the right to say no we and say do. and say leave. So so then I'm not saying that we don't, but it I might suck, but it's the pressure comes in because you're forced to make an ultimatum. You're forced to make a decision because depending on how you answer, you might lose that individual. So again, you're being forced into a, a situation. It's not like you're saying, listen. So they, then what should the person do? You just keep riding away until the man decides he wants to be in a committed relationship? No, I'm, I'm not saying that. But I feel like there should be series of conversations and, and, and maybe the approach needs to be different. Listen. And we don't know their approach. No, I, again, we're all speaking hypotheticals right now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying typically... Typically, in your in your life experiences, as well as my life experiences, I've heard more situations where people have put people into ultimatums. You need to marry me by this time, or I'm leaving. That's your that's pressure. That's putting pressure on somebody because you may be ready, but I may not be ready. And again, a lot of times people are ready based off of societal norms and what their friends are doing. I we had the conversation the other day. We have friends and and who's ready to move out because they feel like they're they're of the age that they need to be moved out. Mm-hmm. But I think that thing And for is, me, mm-hmm. you know, now that I'm seeing life more and I'm thinking, I'm not going to make Tatum have to be an adult just because she graduated college. If she graduated college, she has a job, I would let her stay home so that way she could build up and then whatever. Now, if she's in a serious relationship and she wants to live with whatever and she feels comfortable, cool. But I'm not going to force them out. We do things based off of what society tells us. So again, we've been together for so long, so it's kind of like those next steps. When I proposed to you, it was kind of like something that I felt. Mm-hmm. But it was also kind of like we've been together for, at that point, you said eight years? It's like uh, 2013, 20- We got together in I mean, 2004. 2004 to 2010, so six years. Okay. That could have been early. You could have said no. Mm-hmm. All that. Like and that and and again, hindsight being twenty twenty, we didn't have that conversation. No. We we knew that we were gonna to be together because we were already together, but it wasn't a conversation of when you wanted to or whatever. But saying that to say like I think there's How a difference. But, I think there's a difference though between setting expectations or having a conversation around your expectations and versus saying it ultimatum. Like, if you don't do this, this will happen. That is applying pressure. That is saying. But me but saying, you're telling me that I don't want to shack up no more. What are you saying? You, you know, there's plenty of people who have absolutely have like continued to date somebody but moved out because they were like, where we we move too fast, so now we should get our own places, and then we should, like it's. The word I do not want to shack up no more means that I don't want to be a boyfriend and girlfriend living together no more. Okay. Which means that I'm telling you that you need to propose to me. No, it means that you need to make a decision about where what you, what you want and where this goes. He could have very well said, I'm not ready and I don't think that this is going to work or I think we should slow down or I think we should move out or I think we should get married. But the thing about it is that it's, it's Nine not... Nine times out of ten, Danielle, if somebody says... I don't want to shack up no more. What does that mean? That they're looking for a greater increased commitment. But that's not putting pressure on somebody. That's, that's, not that's setting your expectations. Because my thing is this is that if it's TJ, if I told you 
right now, excuse me, not right now. If I told you at some point when we were dating and living together before we were engaged mm-hmm. that I don't want to shack up no more, that I'm looking for a greater level of commitment, and, ask, and you were not, and you, let me finish, you, you were not ready to do that. Would I have? Would I have? Would you have proposed to me out of feeling like out of, if you felt pressure? Would you? I have wouldn't have done it. Unless I was ready, regardless. Exactly, but no, so my thing I'm is, is, is that there's motherfuckers who are not going to do what they want. Who, who are going to do what? But they there's want a lot to of people who's going to do it because I don't. I don't. You know what? I don't want to lose out on something that may be the best thing for me. I, I'm not willing to risk that gamble. So you know what? This is what she wants. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, and then I'm gonna be fucking miserable because it's not something that I wanted. It's not like you came to me and said, "You know what, babe? I don't. I don't want to shack up anymore." So. You know, what are we doing? What What are the steps and stuff like that? But even if I said, if, if I said, if, even if I said all of that, you could have got hung up on. I don't want to shack up. And you're like, oh, you're trying to pressure me. Just my thing is this: is that you people have these conversations all the time, and they just want to know. Hey, I just want to know no, where things are going. I disagree. I'm not trying to necessarily pressure you, but I just want to know where the we're issue going. is that people don't have those conversations. They don't have the hypotheticals. They They don't have timelines. They don't talk about that. But you know what? Those timelines aren't always something that has to be concrete because again. Who you, again, who I was at 16 is different than who I was at 21, who different than who I was at 23, who I'm at 25, and who I'm at now. Like, I'm different every time. And the shit that so I said, I. a lot of the shit that I've said or done is so different than the way I think now. So that's which, what I'm saying. Which also leads me, which I think is a good way to finish to play the last two minutes, and then also to have the conversation around sex, right? Because it's about being different than who and she kind of started touching it at who she was at 26 versus who she is at 36. Play it. All right. It is. It is. It is pressure. But you don't want to say it's pressure. What about being you engaged? You might have felt pressure. What about there being no engaged? pressure behind it. I said, we don't got to rush to get married. You said, I don't want to be engaged longer than a year. Is that not pressure? That's me voicing my opinion. That's about why she it. laughed. But I agree that that part you was say pressure. You want to be engaged? I get engaged. You say you want to be married within a year. We do that. We get married. Then you make it seem like like sex is a chore to your husband. Once again, I ask the question: Why do women who push forth monogamy on the man they're dating? Then get overwhelmed with that man who tries to provide that monogamy to you. Why do you get upset when we're trying to be what you want us to be? You don't want me to be with no one else, right? Right? I'm asking. This is a serious right. question. Yes, absolutely. You don't want me to be with no one else. Absolutely. So if I decide that all this testosterone I have, I want to give to you, why is this so overwhelming now? This is what you asked for. Again, 26 and 27 year old Kadeem. Uh-huh. Was like, okay, here's the natural succession of life. You graduate, you're working, you meet somebody, you guys are dating, you want children. Yes. I want children. Yes. We don't want to wait too long or too late to have children. Yes. No, now a lot of people are waiting until their 30s to have yes. children. And I understand why. And we, and we, at that time, felt like, well, we're doing everything in this natural succession that the forces that be have given us this timeline. However, I did not realize that after having children, after, you know, career changes, all of the turbulences that we've been through in life, that that was going to have a direct effect on my sex drive. Okay. So I really feel like that last part is where we kind of get to the actual core of the conversation, not about the 
the the monogamy part but about like why is it that it's hard to meet the expectations of another person's uh sexual desires and wants and things like that now to be very clear the reason why i went so hard in the paint about the first thing that she said not being pressured about setting expectations about this is you know i don't want to shack up or i i'm looking for a greater sense of commitment she didn't put timelines on it she didn't put ages on it anything like that and that's why i said it's not it's not pressure to me because you are simply communicating what your expectations are for yourself and yes you can either choose to get to wait to 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 ride with me or you have a choice to to not but i'm not putting I, I didn't get the sense that she's saying i'm putting pressure on it now once they did get engaged and she was like i'm not being engaged more than a year i don't want to be engaged more than a year that is giving a deadline that to me is pressure when you have so at work right if you have something that's due on friday by close of business and then you have a project that you're working on that is like when you get to it right you're going to feel pressure to get the project that's due by Friday close of business done because you've been given finite deadlines on when this task has to be completed. Whereas if you have something else that you're working on and you're just like, this is a project, a, a thing that you're you're passionate about, that you're coming back to, but that it's kind of moving in a natural course, but there's, a, there's an expectation of what you should have as you progress in that, that's different. And that's what I feel like between what she said about her expectations versus her saying like, I expect to only be engaged for a year. I do not feel like the former was pressure. I do feel like the engagement deadline was pressure. I feel like... I feel like he, he came up with that because that, that was based off of their relationship. So I feel like I feel like he was probably sitting down. He was just like, these are the things that happened in my relationship. And this is who my wife is. And this is what happened. I did these things because this is what she said. She didn't have to necessarily say earlier inside the conversation that she gave him the ultimatum. But he's, uh, what I take from it is that he's speaking about his wife. He knows who his wife is. I know who my wife is. So I... I know certain things. Like Danny asked me to do certain things. I know, and the tone or whatever, her expectations. Mm -hmm. And what I'm getting from that is that when she said in 2007, we don't need to shack up no more. I would bet that it wasn't as simple as, hey, babe, I don't want to shack up no more. What's the game plan? Let's sit down and let's hash it out. I'm pretty sure there was pressure into it because he knows who his wife is. He knows who he married. And I think those are the things you know, you know your partner, and when they say certain things or do certain things, you know what the expectation is. If Danny asks me to clean up, and I say I'll do it later, and I don't do it, I know she's gonna be upset. Mm -hmm. So if I'm asking you about, if you were saying, "Babe, I don't, I don't want to shack up no more. Let's have this conversation." I know that there's, you have an expectation at the end that something's gonna change. I have an expectation that that's that I, that that is what I am looking for, and I'm I'm expressing and communicating those expectations so that way you and I together can make an inform either a plan for our future or if you're not ready that you can then say you can communicate that and then we can figure out what those next steps are. But it's a thing about like everything is choices, and you might feel pressure to make a choice because sometimes yeah you gotta like shit or get off the pot, but at the same time it's like. It feels like pressure because maybe it's a conflicting idea. It's like, I'm not ready, but I don't want to lose this person. So I'm going to just kind of like go along with it because I don't want to lose this person. When really, like, if you're not ready, you're not, do you're doing a disservice to not only yourself, but to our, us, to me and my our relationship. If you're not doing stuff, unless but you're, you're not and, doing a certain, 
you, you know, I am doing myself a service. But you're not doing a service to our relationship because you're forcing me to make a decision. No, I'm doing uh, actually. I'm probably doing a better service to our relationship because again, if I'm saying that I'm ready to to demonstrate a greater level of commitment in my relationship and you're not, then now we I've initiated the conversation. I didn't say that I was I, not. I, I don't need you. I but if you I have a timeline that uh-huh. that we need to get engaged by next year, then we need to get married within a year of that. You're putting pressure on me. When I said when I when you. When you start incorporating timelines and deadlines and stuff like that, that to me is a greater sense of pressure. When you're talking about communicating expectations, like there's people out there all the time now, friends of ours and everything, who say like, "I'm not dating just to be playing around or whatever. Like I'm dating to 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 find somebody who meets my energy and that I can build a life with." So is that pressure every time they go on a date with somebody? If that's the case, that's about uh, communication is key. Well, you have to communicate your expectations. So I'm doing myself, well, Kadeem, yes. and whoever else is you're putting there, pressure on yourself. I'm doing. I'm doing. You're putting pressure on yourself. Because because you're saying anytime that you go on a date, you're gonna ask that person like, like you're not saying you're gonna ask that person, but, you're, but even, you're dating with intention. I, and I so, get that, if but, you're just dating to date, that's fine. And if I, but if I'm dating with intention, then that's I'm gonna communicate that because that way I'm not gonna waste your time or mine. So Kadeen and, but and I him, da- the first time we meet each other, I don't know you. Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying that these people are doing this out the gate. But what I'm saying though is that you have, as you get to know a person, you you do start to communicate. Hey, this is where I am. I am feeling. This is where I'm heading. And then you can either that person will either say, Yeah, me too, or not so much. I feel like I'm getting there, but not yet. Or somebody be like, Absolutely not. That's not what I'm interested in. But when you don't communicate your expectations, then you fall into the trap of going through the going through the motions, and then you end up like looking up, and it's and. Two years, that's five it. years, ten years have that's, gone by, and, 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 and you have, and, and, and you're not fair. where you want to be. So, so my, so she did herself a service. I think that this should that be she, some prefacing. I think that when couples have these talks, again, like you said earlier, with, with your tip, hypotheticals should be in the relationship from from jump. But I also think that if you're ready and I'm not ready, let's figure out how we can meet on common ground. But if you're saying I'm ready to get married now, TJ said. I'm not ready to get married right now. Now the ultimatum is, well, I'm your, I'm ready to get married. So either, either you're going to marry me or, or I'm going to move on. Or if, to that point then, a person could say, well, I'm not ready to get married. So either you're going to be continue to be fine with us dating or you got to move on. Ultimately, right? Ultimately, then the decision has to be made. So either way. A lot so, of times so, it's going to be the woman who's going to say that. But okay. But the point being is that the point being that is that ultimately decisions have to be made it may not be the ideal decision because people like to be comfortable and people like to like they like the way it's is going if it ain't broke don't fix it and stuff like that and a lot of men um, specifically like the idea of being able to have all of the comforts of being in a relationship a committed relationship without the actual commitment and so that is why women sometimes have to express themselves and say hey i need to let you know what my expectations are because if we're not on the same trajectory then we can both save ourselves a lot of time effort and heartbreak by either if we're not able if we're able to compromise great or if we're on the same wave great or if we're not then we can go our separate ways and we can stop wasting each other's time so that's why i feel like what she said in the initial part was not an ultimatum but more of a a beginning of a conversation of setting expectations because i have to tell you how to treat me right we always have to show people how to treat treat them treat ourselves or treat each other and so i'm telling you how to treat me and what my expectations are if you i know you may not like it but if you're not able to if you don't want to ride with me on this that's perfectly okay and and, you know and it's going to be sad but we can go our separate ways or we can talk about it more and compromise it is but especially depending on how long somebody's been together and stuff like that life ain't easy no i I, i'm not saying that it's i'm not saying that it is and then we still got to get to the sex part because when you talk about when you talk so when you talk about 
getting to into a marriage. So now Duvall is making it sound like he's got like he's he she put a gun to his head and was like, You gotta marry me and this and the other. And so now he's like, But you I'm agree just, that she I'm, did. No, she gave. She, she, she wanted to be married. She gave a. She gave a, a. She gave an ultimatum. She gave pressure on the timeline for how long they were engaged. Okay. Absolutely. So she put a gun in his head. Go ahead. No. Th- so that is not a gun to your head, but we're gonna keep going. Okay. Um. If he would have said so, no, what would have happened? They would have broken up, and then we wouldn't be let's talking about this shit right now. So is that so not people, a gun to the head? It's a. It's an ultimatum. It's not. Uh, what is an ultimatum? Oh my god. Okay, we're get, we're getting lost in semantics. Let's move Go on. Ahead. So. The sex part. The sex part, right? So now, for argument's sake, even if Devolve feels all this pressure, Kadeen is something worth have, keep holding on to. So he acquiesces and he was like, All right, we'll get married. All right, we'll get we'll get engaged. Sorry, we'll get engaged, we'll get married in a year's time, and now we're having children, this and the other. Now, all that aside, right? He's like, Well, you put this, you know, you want monogamy, you want commitment, and then we give it to you, and then now you don't want to have you don't want to meet our needs sexually. So this is the part that comes in with, I, we have to examine, I feel like, two big things. One is how people change over time because our lives change. And two, because of what is known in like sociological terms as the second shift that a lot of women experience. And so the first part I'll address is the way that lives change, right? When you are 26 and 27 and you're childless and you're married, you have... A lot of time and energy. You're not in. You maybe you're not just. Always, but go ahead. You, you are working hard, maybe, but you're in your career. But then, as time passes and progresses, and you're dealing with the stresses that is just adult life, from parenting to jobs to sick parents to other responsibilities to and 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 children and things like that. Then your bandwidth we talk use that word a lot on the show your bandwidth starts to get less to lessen and you don't necessarily have the energy to be intimate at the same frequency that maybe your partner has okay and when i talk about the second shift and i'm going to say this it's not just women excuse me it was it's not just women but oftentimes it, it falls on women and that second shift is a term that's used to describe, and I'm pulling it up really quickly just to make sure that we're clear. Um, well, now, of course, I can't find it. But basically, the second shift is like, we live in a society now and in a culture now where women go to work just as much as the men do. and yet, But when we come home, oftentimes, more often than not, women have the, have the greater responsibilities or the greater burdens of the household responsibilities thrust upon them so you and i work in the same 40 plus hours a week but when i come home i'm the one and i'm not talking about us specifically but i'm the one responsible for figuring out dinner i'm the one responsible for doing the homework and the bath time and the bedtime and the sweeping and it's an so i'm doing all of that and then i i get upstairs and i'm ready and i'm ready i'm ready to conk out and now and but now you upset because i'm not horny well, I had to mature that, and, and I wasn't just talking about specifically no. about you, but that was that is was no. an issue. Of well, ours. I, well, of another reason why I wanted to kind of talk about it, I I had to mature, I had to change my mindset, and I had to also do it. Like you've always been more busier than I've been work wise. So before Tatum, you were busier. You know, you wake up six o'clock, five thirty in the morning. You're at work all day. You come home, and then. Mm-hmm. You might cook, you might not cook, or whatever the case may be, but the expectation was like, whatever, right? 
it wasn't until I got busy that I realized, like, oh, shit. Like, this is a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think... I, I think those things do need to happen. But again, the conversations need to happen. It wasn't until me and you were speaking and you was like, you know, your mind and your vagina, sorry, Shayla, are connected. Mm-hmm. So if I don't, you know, if I treat you like shit, you're not going to be in the mood. Cool. Nope. Uh, if I, if you're tired all day and I'm not helping you, you're not going to be in the mood. I had to realize that. And that's why we were able to work on those things. But we had those conversations. And I think, again, ultimately, everything comes back to having the conversations. We got to have the tough conversations. We got to have the hypothetical conversations. But we got to talk about these things to make it work. But, again, women's sex drives are different than men. Mm-hmm. And I, I also feel like if you're not in the mood, I am in the mood. What's the compromise? Sometimes we have sex and sometimes we don't. That's literally what it is most of the time, which is like, I don't in, necessarily in a, in a agree of, that. So I, I, I understand that, and this is where I'm gonna kind of take a little different approach. I don't necessarily agree about the whole like monogamous thing versus non-monogamous because it sounds like what he wants is to be able to have to take his talents elsewhere if he's not getting what he wants at home. Yeah, and again, I would need more. What's the name? Is it like? We didn't have sex this week, but we had sex four times last week. Or we didn't have sex this week, but next week we have sex seven times. Like, what? what is the the uh, disparity? Mm-hmm. Right? Because, again, if it's like in a month we only had sex one time, yeah, that's a problem. But if we had sex, it's just not as frequent or whatever. Or depending on how the week hit, you know what I mean? It ebbs and flows. No, and no that's, it, and it, it that, does. And that's the grace but, that people have to give. But that's the reason why, that's the reason why I said I'm not going to tell you just agree with what he's saying on that aspect because, you know. Yeah, I just think so. The second shift, I'm sorry, I found the term. The second shift is a term used to describe the workload women have over and above what men have. It originates from Arlie Hawks Child's book of the same name in Maine. <clears throat> In mainstream society, second shift, a woman's second shift mostly consists of childcare and domestic labor. So here's where I'm going to ask you to give me like a little bit of space to kind of just go on a little tangent, right? So um, we don't know the inner workings of Caval, Caval, Duvall and Kadeen's marriage and everything else like that. But I can understand how frustrating it could be to ha- not have a need met, especially such a deeply, you know, carnal need as far as like sexual intimacy and from the partner, the person that you decided to commit yourself to. And how frustrating it could be is like, I'm committing myself to you because if I go anywhere else, then I'm wrong and I'm cheating and everything like that. But it's also still a choice. And I've said that plenty of times because ultimately, if I'm if you're so dissatisfied, you reserve the right to leave. Um, but when I talk about like when you talk, it's not, a, it's, it's not that simple. It's not that simple, well, but ahead. but it's it's not that simple. Well, but it's just it. but it's 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 still ultimately like the end result, right? We either figure it out or we go our separate ways. So or we live miserably. And then the the thing about it though is like when it comes to that second shift and speaking from personal experience, right? When you are putting in more work in the in your household and in your lifestyle and your and you see how much time and space you're freeing up for someone else like and and that person may not be kind to you or appreciative of the things that you're doing like there is a and i'm speaking to our listeners there is a direct connection between all the shit that happened for the other you know 
the the the, the other 23 hours of the day and then that 25th hour of the day when you're ready to have sex and like i'm not gonna be ready to jump your bones and get like and, and start doing all types of wild freaky shit with you because i'm exhausted i still gotta get up at six in the morning and get the baby ready and do her hair and everything else like that and you're still like in bed and so and then you're not appreciative of the things that i'm doing and so when while i while i can at least while i can at least um somewhat sympathize with the plight of a man who wants to love his wife and wants to be intimate with his wife and he's not getting that i also offer up to men or and we'll, I mean, we'll offer up to that person's partner because we know that this can go both ways as far as gender. Is like ask yourself also what am I doing to help free up the bandwidth of that person so that they can have the space to relax, to be more intimate, to be less stressed, to have like less anxiety. Because if you're not doing that, then I can understand why you're not fucking as much as you would want to, and you're not gonna be fucking as much as you want to unless that person, your your partner, is going to occasionally take those L's, which are like personal L's, and give you that kind of like lackluster sex because it's just like you're getting your nut off so that way you can leave me alone. And so, what happens when I do everything that you asked me to do and I still don't get it? So this is what I'll say to you. I think that it's. It can be frustrating, but I think there's a nuance to it, right? If you cons- if you make a, a, a tried and true change of heart and, and practice and routines and you're doing it in sincerity because you're like, you know what, this is a partnership and we need to be doing things as partners and not just as one person doing everything or most of the things and me just kind of making guest special guest appearances in this marriage or in this relationship, then you have a right to call that person out and say, yo, you asked for these changes to help free you up. And I'm doing these things, and you're, and there's still. I disagree with that. Let though. me, let me. Okay, let me finish. Go ahead. So, I, like, you're if the part if you make the changes and if you, and you make the changes in in earnest because it's just about you contributing to the household and not simply because it's tr- you feel like it starts to be transactional. Like, okay, if I wash the dishes and I should get some head. Like, as long as you're not approaching it from that sentiment, then you have a right, a leg to stand on and say, hey, you asked for change. I'm giving you the change because it's the right thing to do. And I'm trying to be a more, let's make this a more equitable partnership. Then you have a right to call that person out. Now, if you're only doing these things because you feel like it's like a literally a, a tit for tat, a quid pro quo, a transactional situation, then that's where you're going to be fucked up because these these are things that you should be doing, period, not just because you can get pussy so, or not because you can get dick. But so, w- what if that's just your relationship? And and again, it shouldn't matter why I'm doing it. You asked me to do something, I did it. And if I did it because because it is transactional for me, it shouldn't be like, well, you only did it because it's transactional. You asked me to do something, I did it. I made the change. You said I needed to do A, B, C, and D. I did A, B, C, D, and E. And it's still not changing. So I guess that also, I think the thing it comes back down to is like, for me anyway, and I know it may not sound great or anything like that, but it's, it's it sometimes it has to do with the intention behind it. It's like, are you doing these things just because you want to have sex? Are you doing these things because you genuinely want to help around the house? At, and, at, and, first, and so at first, I may have been doing it because I wanted sex and then... And, and then I grew into doing it. It shouldn't matter why I'm doing it. You asked me to do something, I'm doing it. So I should fuck you for it. Hold up your side of the bargain. You so, just said out of your mouth that you don't have the bandwidth, you don't have the stuff. So if I do all the things that you're asking me to do, now now you're gonna question. So let me clarify one thing though. Now you're gonna the question reason why, when I, when how I, I'm doing when it. When I consider what the authentic authentication of it. When I and I like, talk about that because there 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 have been times and there are people who still exist with this, which is like it's very much like if it's Sunday night. 
and I put the dishes away and I put the baby to bed, you you better believe Sunday night I better be getting some intimacy. Where because that, because that's an expectation that you set. No, so the expectation set was like I need help to I need help to to I need help freeing up my bandwidth. But that doesn't mean that every time you do A, you're supposed to get B. I didn't say it's that. A, that, but that's what I'm just what I'm just I'm trying to clarify my point. It's a thing of like if this is a consistent thing, if this is something to do to help, just because it's the right thing to do. Then it, you're going to see the you're going to reap the benefits of it, or you're going to you should see what I'm asking, the though, is, the outcome of that, which is a more relaxed partner who's going to be wanting to be more intimate. I understand what you're saying, but I don't necessarily agree with that because if you ask me to do whatever and I'm doing that, as long as I'm not saying to you like I did the dishes, what's up? That's different because then that's very transactional. But but there has been times where it's felt like that for in, me in the past. Okay, not recent years, but in the past. Well, maybe. My, my thinking was, you asked me to do whatever, I did it consistently, and no changes come. But I also look at my lens differently, because again, you'll say you're tired, but then you're on social media for an hour and a half, two hours, and laughing, or whatever, or you're playing games, or you're doing other stuff. So, in my mindset, if you're so tired, you shouldn't be doing those things. But... But you, but, but the difference but the difference is, though, is that... And we're... we're we're talking about some past versions of ourselves, 100%. which is also like, yeah, I might be tired. I might be too tired to deal with you, and 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 I might be, and, and I'm not tired, too tired to like scroll my phone. But that's also because you were rude to me earlier in the day, or you were. There's been like, times you that I've I, been, I, you help, I, I've been at my best, and but then it's it was just, just forgotten. I, I mean, again, we're talking about earlier on, so yeah. yes, yes, I may have been doing it because this is. I may have been doing it because this is the way that I can get what I'm asking for. So yes, it you made it trans, 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 trans uh, transactional. So, you made it that the only way that I can be satisfied is if I do these things. So because you made it that way, like you can't have it both ways. You can't say do these things, but don't do it. Don't do it because you want something. Do it because you want to do you it. You want it to be you. It's 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 a difficult balance to have because it's like you you become extrinsic extrinsically motivated, which is like an external motivator, uh-huh. and then ver- versus like I want you to be intrinsically motivated. I want you to do it because it's the right thing to do, and then as a result, so as much as like, I mean. It may not it may not sound nice or right or whatever, but like just try to look at it from my perspective, which is like I have to like at one point if you know it feels like I have to dangle pussy in front of you to get you to help around the house, and that's that doesn't that's not a turn on either. So even though yeah you're doing it, it's like is he doing it because he really wants to help out and and do that, or is it just because he wants to get he wants to have sex later you- on? And are so it's like, are but, you thinking that way because you don't want to have sex? So it's it's easier for you to be like, well, he's only doing it because he wants sex. Like, no, it's not why. Because that's that that's how I take it. It shouldn't matter what I'm doing. If you ask me to change and I do change and you don't change, then why change? And you can't have it both ways. You can't say I want you to I want you to help me out more. I help you out more, and then you still aren't doing the things. But when you when it's so very obvious that you're only doing it because you want because you want to get something out of it and not because you're really trying to 
help or your and this is like and again this is not just about us this is about this is a we're having a conversation you know, but it's, it's, it's not something it's, it's not, we're like, having a it's just transparent conversation about things that have happened to us and and again that's why we had the conversation and you know again we we've changed originally i was doing it because at the end of the day this this is what danny said she wanted let me give her what she wanted just so i can also get what i wanted but then again Life happens and you see different shift changes and you see somebody do something or whatever case may be. And then you realize, like, I realized that you did a lot with, with Tatum, but it wasn't until you went to New Orleans that I realized, you know, she does a lot. And that and helped me change. That helped me change in that aspect. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, sometimes people have to go through things. But, again, if you're telling me, I'm telling you I'm horny and you're like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm tired and you don't help me. And, da, 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 and then I do it. And then you come back with a rebuttal of, well, you did it, but you only did it because you wanted sex. That's that's what you made it. So what so I guess my question then becomes, what do you do to get somebody to like I think that people So uh, let me ask you this. It comes back to so having a conversation. You, it does come back to have a conversation. I would say that present day TJ is way more intrinsically motivated than ex- than external motivation right which yes. is like you do things and you help with things not because you're seeking i'm being more mindful you're being more mindful you're not just trying to get in between my legs you're just trying to help out around the house to be a more contributing member to the household let me ask you this i i see that it is internal motivation inside of you now and and more recently do we have more sex than we did when we felt when we were having that more like transactional approach. Do we have more sex now? Yeah. I, Do we have better sex now? Um. Yes. So. But I don't know. So I don't know. Some if of the better ha- sex is because of where I think there's a greater connection there. I think that you and I okay. are more connected, be. and because I can tell. And this comes to knowing people, whatever, but because I can tell that you are doing it simply because you want to, not because you want to have sex with me, but because you genuinely just want to help me out because you see me being tired, or you see I've worked hard, or you see that I'm struggling, or you see, or just that because you just because it's the, it's a nice thing to do, not even because I'm having a hard time. And because I feel that in your re- responses and in the way that you do come in, it that warms my heart which then that also it logs and i file it away and that is what makes me want to then be intimate with you later because not only do i have the let me say this the 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 helping out whatever with with, with stuff to just to get sex yeah you free up my time and my energy but you've not fed my mind or my soul and so now that you do both now that you talk to me nice and you help around with the house more and you apologize when you're wrong more now because i see the growth in you now that i see the effort so even when you backside when you have those moments it doesn't make it it makes it that much easier for me that when we go to bed at night or whenever we want to be intimate that it becomes that much easier to be in the mood because i know that you weren't just doing those things as a means to an end when you're doing them as a means to an end, and there's a very, and I'll be real with you, there was a very, there's a very obvious difference in, in TJ, and I'm sure a lot of people, between that TJ and the present TJ. And so, therefore, that is why. Same TJ. No, not the same TJ. Same individual. Same, at, at core parts, yes, but there's a lot of growth and, and maturity. I mean, listen, So that's the difference. That's the and it, and, ball, and right? the proof is in the pudding because we have, we have arguably more sex now than we have had 
in the last let's say we really weren't vibing with each other from like 2017 to like part of 2019 and then now from 2019 to 2020 to this year i feel like we've had more and better intimacy than we have had in the two to three years prior to that that can be possible i'm not but there's also a an authentic change in you and in me i know but two to three in the last two to three years going back to what the the, start of the whole start of this whole conversation is you gave me an ultimatum so i changed based off of your ultimatum it's not an ultimatum it's an expectation it wasn't expectation. You told me that the only way to, the way that I can get more was if I helped out more. So that's that that was what drove me to do more things. Now, so then maybe I'm as mature. men, y'all should ask yourselves: Why do you always need external motivators in order for you to do what you need to do to pull your weight? No, I well, it's not necessarily pulling your weight. We didn't have the conversation of help me out here more or do more. Could I have been more observant? A hundred percent. And, and that's something that, again, I do self-reflections. I take accountability and I say, what is Danny doing? How can I help Danny? Because, again, and, and again, right now, I'm not doing it. I, I'm doing it because I truly just want to be able to make sure that you're not uh, doing everything and, and, that, and, and that you don't resent me later. Like, I don't want to five, five years from now, I'm thinking everything is good. And you've hated me because from the time Tatum was born to... Three, you felt like I didn't help enough, but you never said anything. So again, this can all be changed by having those conversations, and I think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing that we should take, and and, and our listeners, our lovers, should take from it. You got to have those conversations. Discuss you gotta, the hypotheticals. You, yeah, you got to discuss the hypotheticals, but you also got to talk about what turns you on, right? Right. We don't have those conversations a lot of times. We just. Do whatever we do. Like me and you never had a conversation about like, what are your turn-ons, Danny? Mm-hmm. What are your dislikes? And that's the thing. We what have... motivates you? What doesn't? We, we never had those conversations. We yeah. just did whatever we did and it just was what it was. But as, we, as you grow older and you mature, like you realize that while sex is very important, it's, it's probably the, 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 the only, like the, the most intimate way that you can like become one. You know, sex isn't everything. Sure isn't. We've, we've it's important. Had, no. But it's not everything. Yeah. We've had days where we're in the bed and we're just cuddling and there's no sex happening and we're both content with that. Mm. But that grows. That's mature. And that took time. because No, were, it did. Yeah. It did. But I'm it took time. It took growth on, on both ends. And it took being able to have conversations and, and being able to have these tough conversations on how to make your relationship work yeah and, and I'm, I'm still trying to unlearn certain conditioning that ha- i felt like i had when I, I i imposed upon myself earlier in our relationship such as so remember, i was talking the other day about like you talk a lot so whatever we were talking about this on the couch and i was saying how you know there was a time where if you said you didn't want to have sex you were upset with me so for example, now TJ will be like, hey, let's just cuddle or we don't have to do anything, babe. Like, let's just, I just want to hang out with you. There are still like moments inside of me. Like in, I have like these little internal like mini, I don't want to call them panic attacks, but like mini like, what's he getting at? Is he really, is he just saying that or is he fucking with me? Because he, if he doesn't want to do something, that means that I did something wrong or he's upset with me or whatever. Because once upon a time, 
that was like more so the case that like if you weren't trying to be intimate it was because you were pissed at me and you didn't want me to like come near you or touch you so I I've had to I've been conditioned to like associate those two things TJ's like TJ don't want to have sex oh he's upset with me so when now when TJ's like we don't have to have sex I I my my logical side will say like okay then that's what he he says what he means and nothing's wrong but there's still a part of that conditioned part of myself where I'm like is there more to the story I'm like I kind of run through the day in my head and like what what did something go left that I forgot about or that I didn't do or I said I was going to do something I didn't do it and that is also something that we have to kind of be patient and have the conversations and discussions around because sometimes like if you're in a long-term relationship like you don't even realize how you conditioned yourself or you've conditioned others to respond to certain triggers in your relationship key words key scenarios like common scenarios that come up and then when a person does make that that authentic intrinsic shift for themselves that that person that's in the partnership with them it also requires them to like give them time and grace to change and alter their responses to that because for 12 years tj was one way and then for the last four years tj's another way and so i'm still trying to unlearn those things but i'm glad that we're more more so now than ever having the conversations because we're old enough and wise enough to really like not try to put not to get as like bogged down in the the feelings of it even though feelings are involved but to like actually let sit and listen and hear the people. In conclusion, I still feel like she set expectations. The engagement timeline was uh, was really to me was more so the definition of applying pressure. And then ultimately, him being upset, Deval being upset that he's not getting the same level of sex. And you know he's uh, you know he, he like he made it sound like he was doing her favor by being monogamous. And it's like. If you, you know, understand this is that if you're not getting the level of intimacy that you seek, you need to ask yourself, what is it before you just point, start pointing the finger saying, well, you asked for this. So why can't you meet me there? Ask yourself too, what is it that has changed or what is it that you need in order to kind of be able to meet me closer to where I am? Because we do have to adjust our expectations on both sides, but you have to have the conversation around what is it that you need or what is it that I need in order for us to find a, a middle ground? And with that, I'm going to wrap up my contributions to this conversation. I mean... Those are my final yeah. thoughts. Uh, I'm glad that we had the conversation. Um, and, you know, it's it's funny um, that, you know, to see other couples have kind of the same conversations. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and I, I agree with some points. Some points I didn't. Um, I'm really... When I was younger, I'd probably been like, yeah, you know have sex with as many people you can type situation or well if I'm not getting it from you I should be able to get it from somebody else right and I feel like that's kind of selfish and you know my brother always talks about uh, it's called soul ties mm-hmm. and it says that you know when you have sex with someone you leave some of the person's spirit with you whether it's good or bad and it's like you're allowing you know their, their bad energy or their good energy but I I also think that, you know, having sex with multiple women and leading people on and hurting feelings, it's just a lot. And as I've gotten older, like, if you love someone truly, you don't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't want to hurt you. So Same. that's where I'm at with it. But, you know, I'm glad we had the conversation. Me too. Well, folks, 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Lovers Quarrel. As always, you know that you can find us on Instagram at Lovers Quarrel Show. You can find us on Twitter at Lovers Quarrel 7. And you can email us your feedback, thoughts, concerns on this episode, or anything that we've talked about at loversquarrelshow at gmail.com. Guys, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, tag, follow, do all of the internet things and social media things to make us successful. And we're glad to be here with you. Um, and as always, I am your girl, Danny, And I'm your guy, T. And you know that we fuss. We fight. But but we we love. love. Bye. Bucket head ass. Shut the hell up. Spell that. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.